We've all heard the saying, learn to love the process. But why learn to love something? Why not create a process that is easy to love? Welcome to Peace with the Process, where I bring you professionals who specialize in the processes we incorporate to sustain consistent, healthy growth. I believe in learning from others' mistakes and successes. So I also bring on entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and tell us how they got there and how they got out. I hope you find something in today's episode that you can apply to your own life and that you find your peace with the process along the way. Let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Peace with the Process. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. I hope you've been enjoying the Friday uh, series that I've launched recently of the Father's Perspective. I had my wife on last week, and you can expect to see her on again this week because we were talking about the birthing process, and we didn't quite get to how it has been from a mother's perspective to be a mother in terms of him being here, her taking care of him, all the things that is involved with her taking care uh, of our of our little Lincoln man. So you can be sure to check that out this Friday after this episode airs. We're recording this on Monday. It'll release tomorrow. And I've got my good friend Jason Bear in the building with us today. And uh, me and Bear actually go way back to high school. We never hung out too much in high school, but we both worked a, uh, a weekend side job out trimming Christmas trees. Uh, he helped out with the owners of that property and often visited uh, to hunt their property, all kinds of things. And you'll hear more about how much of a hunting fanatic he is as we get to uh, talking about the conversation a little more. But uh, me and him actually got linked up because of a similar mindset together. I'm not going to dive into the whole thing. I've got him sitting right here across from me and the fortunate thing that I'm able to do now with this home office. And uh, so this is fun. We did the same thing with my wife and now I get to do it with a good, uh, a good close friend of mine. So Bear, I call him Bear. You guys can call him Jason Bear. It doesn't matter, but I call him Bear. It's cool to have you in the office, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the opportunity. I've, uh, of course, I've been a listener since day one, and uh, I like what you're doing, bringing light to things and people that are growth-minded, and uh, I'm, I'm very excited to be here today. Yes, Bear has been a listener since day one. There's not many of them out there, uh, but definitely have a handful in there. Yeah, thank you, man. I really do. I appreciate you, you supporting the dream. Uh, so one of the biggest things that uh, I think changed your mindset, because I know your story a little bit, mm-hmm. was your weight loss journey. So tell us a little bit about that, that whole, that whole deal, because I know that was pretty foundational for you. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, uh, it really uh, helped turn my my entire life around. I would say um, I'd been morbidly obese for a majority of my lifetime and uh, was tired and bad attitude and just cranky all the time and negative and the list goes on and on and on and one day I walked past the mirror after taking a shower and really looked at myself in the mirror and I said you know that's not you Mm. there's so much more to be had you know I, I, I realize now looking back how miserable I really was and it takes me back to that mirror that that day I looked into that mirror, I looked at myself, I went the next day, got a gym membership, and then from then on, I mean, 
I think it took me about two years. I lost 130 pounds, and uh, I've kept the weight off. I've gained, you know, 15, 20 back, like most people do, but I've kept the weight off, and my entire mindset has changed. I go to the gym regularly, and a lot of this has set me up for success in the in the hunting too. Yeah, you know. So, what was one of the hardest parts about trying to lose the weight? Because I can't imagine this was an easy journey, especially having taken two years to get to where you're at. Well, it looks, it seems easier now looking back, but trying to go back, the hardest part is probably just showing up at the gym, just getting there. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you work, I work a, you know, a a labor-intensive job, and you get home from work, and you want to sit down and relax. Well, at that point in time, I was very, very highly driven, but that was probably the hardest part was getting back up off the couch after my long day at work and then driving 20 minutes to the gym to work out for an hour, hour and a half usually. Not to mention, because I've often found myself trying to justify some of the other things I do in my day as counting, as working out. Having a labor-intensive job just gives you that extra, well, you know, I did, man, I was out in the sun all day today. I'm sure I sweated a couple pounds off. You know, I may not have to go in today, but uh, but showing up and being able to to ignore that, I'm sure played a huge role. Yeah, it is it's tough sometimes to still go after working all day, but, you know, it's something that has to be done, and it's it's something I made a decision with myself to invest into my, my life because... We don't know how long we've got. You know, you can prepare yourself the best you can, but I may die tomorrow. So why not choose to spend that time wisely? You know, I want to uh, invest in myself, invest in my life, and live a long life. Yeah. And that's, you know, I can't accomplish the things I want to accomplish in my life if I'm dead. We're all here for a short period of time, and why not spend it wisely and invest? I love that. I love that. Investing in ourselves is one of the best investments. Something I always said, and I think that, I think that one of the reasons is because if, you know we, everybody nowadays is investing in Bitcoin, stock market, and stuff like that. So I'm sure a lot of people can relate whenever I say, you know, if you're gonna invest your money, you know, you can invest your money, and chances are you're investing into somebody else's business, somebody else's thing that's going on. The only issue with that kind of an investment is that if they hit rock bottom there's no guarantee that they will get back up and go back on the rise again so that you can make your money back. And a lot of people pull out in instances like that. But if you're investing in yourself, maybe it's not money, maybe it's time and energy at first. Mm-hmm. I do highly suggest people who are listening that if you, haven't, if you have invested time and energy, the next step is investing money into yourself because uh, then that you know, requires more time and energy. But the concept is, is if you hit rock bottom, you can now get back up and make sure that you make double on your investment whenever things do go bad. So the the fitness journey being a really big part of your life, how has what you've learned in the discipline and the mindsets required, how has that translated into uh, what you do today? Well, uh, like uh, I've started a YouTube channel and uh, it's Common Folk Outdoors. And it's, it's gonna be basically what I grew up watching. If I didn't, I didn't grow up hunting. It wasn't a part of my life. My father doesn't hunt, has never hunted, I don't think a day in his life. Uh, I don't, there's not very many people in my family that have hunted. 
And the whole mindset with me losing the weight and changing is, is to provide for myself. And now that I have the capabilities to do these things that I love, it just, it just puts me over the, over the crest of my ability. So mm. like this year, I've got a hunt in Kansas for whitetail. I'm going to Colorado to hunt elk. These are things I couldn't have done at 330 pounds. There's no way mm. I would have ever been capable of doing what I'm going to do uh, this September and November. It wouldn't have been possible. I wouldn't have had the energy. I wouldn't have had the, first of all, I probably wouldn't have had the drive to even, and the mental capacity to even think about doing it. Right. More or less physically doing it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the YouTube channel that you do because I know that was one of the first things that that you and I sort of, we, we got on this similar wavelength of wanting to support each other in this, in this endeavor of, of wanting to do something different from maybe the nine to five. So just something that I almost forgot to mention is that the fact that your labor intensive job isn't just labor intensive, but the schedule that you're on mm-hmm. is completely, I, w- I would say pretty much random for a lot of the, a lot of the times because uh, uh, as, a, as a lineman, you know, you never know when something's going to happen, what's going to go on. And so being able to keep up with all the stuff that you do, even though you may be out doing crazy hours, man, the, the amount of dedication, I think, is just one thing that you could extract from being able to do that. And in the essence of like losing the weight and doing the fitness journey, mm-hmm. being able to keep that up with that type of a schedule, it's got to have some sort of a dividend that it pays in your dedication toward making sure you're creating the content and going out uh, on the days off and stuff that you have yeah the biggest thing for me is when I'm not working do something else like if I'm not at work I'm either working out or I'm trying to get content or I'm doing what I love I'm hunting I'm fishing I'm so I don't really waste a whole lot of time I'm not idling at any point in my in my week I don't idle much I'm either going or I'm or I'm resting I'm asleep right you know, so I, so as soon as I get off work, I try to get as much done as I possibly can. So you've had a pretty decent amount of success with your YouTube channel and getting started off. Um, you know, it's not, it's not this overnight success. Like a lot of people think that you have, uh, I think I've heard the term, uh, a 10 year overnight success is kind of the term that people say, you know, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success, et cetera. But you've, uh, you've definitely put in some work and, and seen some, some success. Tell us just a little bit about how that journey's been since starting the idea of I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start creating content for uh, for hunting because it's what I love. Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, I started out. I, I spit out two videos real close together, and I started to realize that now once I don't have content, now I'm just sitting there idle, and my channel's not getting any kind of views or anything. And right now I'm in a kind of a lull like that too because of work and these spring storms that have been rolling through and in the summer. But uh, the biggest thing is is little consistency and good content. So the, when I grew up, grew up, I didn't hunt. So I had to learn these things on my own. And that's what I did was I watched YouTube channels. And there's, you know, there's a bunch of them I still watch to this day. When I'm not out creating content or if I do have a moment to do nothing. I don't watch TV shows. I don't watch television. I watch YouTube channels and I learn. I watch them to try to see what kind of techniques they're using for hunting. So that's kind of something I want to bring to the table and that's why it's called Common Folk Outdoors because I started 
on I started hunting self-guided I went I, uh, the lady where we both worked allowed me to go down there and hunt and she told me it was Thanksgiving weekend go to get a hunting license I went the next the weekend before that bought a rifle she said go down there you can shoot a buck or a doe I had no idea what I was doing I went down there didn't have a clue and a deer walked out and I shot it and I I mean, I was ecstatic, you know, I didn't even know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and it's ever since then, it's been just a passion, you know, and uh, it's been a learning experience. I've made mistakes after mistakes, and that's kind of what I want to bring to the table is just, you know, basically videoing myself, hunting or fishing, uh, giving somebody that doesn't know what to do a lesson to be learned before they make the same mistakes I did. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're going to make mistakes as I did too, but... It's just another tool that somebody can use. You know, it's not necessarily the channel is not there to really make a lot of profit, but really to build relationships. Because the you know the more people that know who I am, the better off I am. And the more people that I know, you know, some somewhere down the road they may have something I need, and I may have something they need. And if that's content or if that's something to be learned, then we can use each other as a tool. Yeah. You know, it's all about relationships, really. I think. Absolutely. The I love I love how you talk about the the deer playing his part, calling him in and playing his part. It to me, I always like to use this. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This metaphor for um, for your for your ideal moments, and I think you've gotten to the point of looking for those ideal moments when you're hunting mm -hmm. because you know again we go back to the concept of the showing respect to the animal and not not just taking advantage of every moment that comes across mm -hmm. but looking for those ideal moments where you're able to make sure you make the absolute right shot so that it hits them right where it needs to be for for the best best way to put them down uh you know as well as Maybe it has to do something with the specific skill that you wanted to test out. Like you mentioned, you know, when you called him in, you know, if he hadn't came in or maybe you hadn't had the opportunity to try that skill out, maybe you wouldn't have taken him. Maybe you would have waited for another opportunity to try that skill out and took one when that skill worked out the right way. Yeah, exactly. And that's the biggest thing about hunting for me is, is it's really, I like the challenge you know, we enjoy the meat all year long. We still have deer meat. We got to get rid of. We got to start eating on really heavily before deer season. So I have a reason to to hunt. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, I've I've killed deer and you feel, you know, you kill a deer and you get remorse. That's the first thing that comes over you is remorse. Mm -hmm. But when you see it, if you, you know, if it stays right there and it dies right there and it's dead, now you walk over to it. You know, you may lay your hands on it or or rub, run your fingers through its fur mm. and now you're grateful that you you get to feed your family with this animal that was given to you you know it wasn't placed here for no reason yeah you know it wasn't here to sneak into your garden at night and steal your vegetables mm. it's here to provide you with food and yeah. meat and that's the that's the biggest thing I take from hunting is uh, the opportunity to uh, harvest what God has put forth for us I mean that's what that's the purpose you know and showing respect you know you see a lot of people and I used to be one of them they'll they'll post pictures of their kills and they don't there's you know there's some things you're supposed to do clean them up a little bit 
you know, don't put any gory stuff and, you know, present the animal, you know, in the, with respect. Mm. And uh, that's a big thing to me too now is, which hasn't always been, like I said, it's, you know, I, with age, I've kind of grown into this, this deeper, deeper respect for the animal. And uh, I enjoy it all year long. You know, that, that one moment happens and it may take 30 seconds and that whole moment passes, but it's all year long I get to enjoy the meat, you know, with my yeah. family. And I cook it all the time. I mean, that's, me and my wife, she loves it now. She used to not, and now she <laughs> she loves it. She's like, "What are we having? For, what kind of? What are you cooking out yeah. there? You know, what are you making?" So that's cool. I'm just now starting to get uh, to get handy with a with a smoker grill that a friend of mine just mm -hmm. gave me. So I'm I'm having some fun with that, and I definitely cannot wait till I have an opportunity to go out and do some hunting so that I can take that skill and combine it with this skill that I'm working on. And man, I feel like I've got all these skills I'm trying to work on. Right? Yeah. Do you ever find yourself in a position where you're like, man, I want to hone in on this, 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 and this? Yeah, a lot of times I feel like I'm juggling. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's what I do is, you know, deer season, there's seasons for these animals. So when deer season comes around, I really hone in on it. Mm. And then when it's over, it's fishing. And then when fishing's over, well, fishing doesn't really ever happen. <laughs> You know, when fish Not in Texas, start, at least. In the summertime, it kind of slows down a little bit, and then I'll start getting ready for deer season again. And, and now, this whole elk thing happens in September, which is normally a month that I don't deer hunt. There's yeah, you know, Deer season doesn't open until October, so now I'm getting an extra month of hunting. So, now that I'm doing the elk thing. That's really cool. I like, I like that, because I'm starting to think about the different seasons in my life, or the different seasons in somebody's growth journey that they could use as a way to hone in on specific skills. Like there's gotta be a way that that translates into, because we can't just try the same skill all year long. I mean, we could, mm -hmm. but then we would potentially miss out on other skills. I like that concept of seasons. I'm trying to think of some ways that that, that, that ties into uh, to other skills, skills that don't naturally have seasons to them, like, like with deer hunting and fishing and things like that. I think that that's a tool that could be used for anybody who's having this feeling of juggling some things around but they can they can say okay you know basically i guess just setting times for each one of them when's it going to be most beneficial for you to practice uh you know whatever skill it is based on things that might happen in that for instance you know if it's a corporate job i might hone in on some uh presenting skills when i'm getting toward the end of the fiscal year because i know i'm going to have a bunch of uh, meetings that i'm going to have to go to uh, we're going to do a big end of the year bash for fiscal year and you know talk about all this stuff i may have to present a powerpoint so i'm just trying i'm just i'm reaching and i'm grabbing for things on this concept of seasons because i like that i like that concept a lot what is the next thing for you i think i kind of already know the answer but i'm curious as to what might be at the top of your head now because i think it's been like a week since we talked uh the next thing for me is uh this elk hunt that i've got to prepare for mm -hmm. i uh you know, this is one of the reasons that I decided to lose all that weight is because there were things I was missing out on, things that I realized I couldn't do. And now that I have the opportunity, this is this will be the first go at the elk hunting thing. And uh, I've been preparing, I've been walking with my pack with 50 pounds in it. I mean, I shoot my bow every day right now and I'm even shooting my bow, I run sprints and shoot my bow at the same time. So wow. I'm, I'm acclimated to 
shooting under pressure with a high heart rate because you never know you might be on the side of a mountain and a bull just pops out right next to you and you got to go and you just been huffing huffing it up the mountain wow so i've been running sprints and shooting my bow and trying to be as prepared as i possibly can now there's all kinds of things that's what i've learned with hunting is you can prepare all you want to but there's still going to be a, a curveball you just gotta be prepared for as many curveballs as possible mm. so you know, I need to be in physically fit shape. I need to make sure I can keep my legs up underneath me while I'm rucking up a mountain with my pack. You know, there's a lot of things that come to it, and I'm and I'm pretty excited for this opportunity to go to Colorado and elk hunt. It's a I've been waiting a long time for this chance, and uh, so we'll see what happens. And I'm gonna try my best to do some videoing, but I will say if if the video hinders me in any way, I'm gonna have to set it down yeah. so that I can get the animal on the ground. That's for sure. Especially for your first time out there, man. As, as cool as I would love to see the footage as well, because I really enjoyed the footage of the, uh, uh, what was it, the javelina. Mm-hmm. Man, I thought that was really cool. Because you talk about, I can only imagine that as a hunter, and I grew up down here in the south as well, so I'm familiar with the hunter's lifestyle, and I think this, what people envision when they envision a life where they could just hunt and fish, and I sound like Luke... Luke Bryan, is that what it is? That new <laughs> hunting and fishing and loving every day. I don't know that he hunts and fishes like I do. <laughs> no, dude, I don't know many people who hunt and fish like you do. You, you you talk about doing sprints and shooting bows. Most of the people I know that are hunting are hunting with beer guts and filling up filling up the trash can full of beer cans while they're out there doing so. What you do is you're you're honing a skill. There's respect involved. There's this whole. It's a lifestyle, not a hobby that I'm doing on the weekends to get away from the family at home type deal with you. With you, it's very much a lifestyle. I think people who have a passion toward a lifestyle rather than a hobby put in more effort. And I've heard people in our small town say that you're not you're not just a hunter. You're like a hunting fanatic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's why you and I get along so well is because I'm, I'm weird about the stuff that I do, self-analysis. Uh, you know, personal growth that's way up my alley, and and you're weird about hunting, mm-hmm. like you're you're all about it. But it's that intriguing. Like nobody pays for average, you know what I'm saying? No one, no one gets excited about going to an average restaurant, uh, or you know, uh, having average service or whatever. And I don't think the experiences that you're providing are average. I think the experiences you're providing are the result of somebody who goes above and beyond average, because it's just the enjoyment like the thing that I have the opportunity to see is because we're friends is I know that you're not doing the sprints and the shooting and you're not doing this uh, ruck walks uh, just to prepare for an elk hunt because you know that that's going to be good content you're doing it because man this goes so far back I was thinking about it while you were telling me you lost the weight it took you two years to lose the weight and you've been hunting for ten years. Mm-hmm. How long ago? How long ago did you officially lose all the weight? Uh, it was, uh, I think, four, four, four and a half years ago. Four and a half years ago. So four and a half years ago, you officially lost the weight. So it's been six years since you started, give or take. Give or take, yeah. Give or take six years since you started. Man, that's a long time to start, and then now get to experience mm-hmm. what it is that was probably one of the big reasons why you even started in the first place. Yeah, and it's it's really got me chomping at the bit. Uh, you know, that's the thing it's it's about passion it's it's doing what you love to do you know we can all go through life and make ends meet and have enough money to provide for our families 
But what does that even mean if you're not chasing your dreams? If you're not doing something for others, you know, like that's what I'm, that's kind of where I'm headed is, is, uh, this is a passion. The hunting and the fishing is, is my passion. Now, if it makes bills or, or makes ends meet someday and I, you know, I pay bills with it. Great. If it doesn't, I'll keep chasing it Yeah. and I'll make money some other way. But you know, we're here for a short period of time in relation to a lot of things. And, uh, if you're not chasing your passion, you're not trying to do something that you have dreamt of, then you're really wasting your time. You know, you're, you you don't you don't know how much you've got left, so you might as well just start today. Yeah. I mean, and the thing that I like about the success that you're having, as and and just for the listeners so that they're aware of, because I think I've even mentioned it, that you and I are part of a uh, we just hold each other accountable. At one point, it was a it was a group. We had a few people in, and then we had a few people leave, and 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 but you and I have consistently remained in this uh, accountability. We get on a phone call once a week. We've got goals that we set, and we we work to hold each other accountable, and uh, and I, I enjoy it because it's it's something that uh, that we both we're both able to give some push and some pull for, and uh, some days some days I'm doing well, and some days you're doing well, and we're able to feed off of each other. But the uh, well, now I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> so we 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 engage in that. Here's where I was going. Here where I was going. So you you have the YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. So we we have this accountability where we're with each other all the time. The only difference between somebody who's like you and may do a lot of the extreme stuff that you do in terms of fishing and hunting. The only difference between you and that individual. And, the, and, and your probability of receiving more success than that person is the fact that you're sharing it. Mm-hmm. So I want to encourage people to maybe share the things that they're passionately pursuing. Or if you're wondering, you know, well, I don't know. I want to I wanna do what I enjoy. You gotta, I feel like you got to make sure you enjoy it as much as my friend Bear enjoys hunting and fishing. If, it, if it's something that you want to see turn into a career. You can't just enjoy it like you enjoy going to the beach in the summer. You know, something you nonchalantly do, you pack up the car, you go, and you don't put a whole lot of thought into everything. Now, if you're this big organized planner and going to the beach is what you do and going on trips, you know, once every month and you spend tons of time planning out this trip and, you know, you, you've got an itinerary built, you've got friends and, you know, you've got all these different options for yourself to do like you're pouring in time and effort into these trips that may be what you do travel advisor boom right there mm-hmm. and you find some way to make it wacky and crazy and and maybe you already do that naturally don't hide it because I think that's what I think that's kind of what I'm gathering here from some of your story is that you're naturally inclined to do some of the extreme uh, conditioning uh, practices some of the you know extreme mentality exercises the the sitting and watching an opportunity to take home some food walk right past you mm-hmm. several times going out there all because you want to hone a specific skill or you want to make sure that you've respected this animal like there's just this different dichotomy that I'm picking up from our conversation I think that's what I've found uh, enjoyment in watching what you do have success yeah, if I had the choice, I probably wouldn't buy meat from the grocery store ever again. 
if uh, if if I could kill enough wild game per year to provide my family with meat, I would never. I wouldn't even walk into the meat section of a grocery store because mm-hmm. the older I get, the more I like. You walk over there and you're staring at all these dead things that are. You know, they're, you don't even know what's in them. They're in a package. You know that they're in a package. They all look real pretty, and they're all trimmed up real nice, and they're all bright red or, you know, perfect and fluffy. And they're, you don't know who's laid hands on that animal. You mm-hmm. don't know what's been injected into that animal to make it that fluffy look. I mean, like chicken breast at the store. I've butchered chickens before, and they do not look anything like that. Mm. They're not that big. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, there's all these things, and that just walking through the grocery store frustrates me sometimes when I have to buy, you know, something. I'm like, right. oh, I don't want to do this. But, you know, at some point in time, I want to be put into a situation where I don't really have to do that at the grocery store. Right. If I start doing the elk hunting, if I'm successful and I get that figured out, then I'll go up there every year and I'll fill the freezer, you know. Yeah. And plus, the you know, the deer hunting here in Texas, too. But that's kind of where I'm where I'm headed with it is you know I've got the the Kansas hunt and the Colorado hunt that's really to provide more meat because around here I mean I could kill it fill every tag that I've got for whitetail deer but it's still not enough to eat for really? a full year okay I didn't know they that don't, they don't get very big around here so I may have to travel out of state you know but it's it's a grocery store and that's what it's put there for yeah You've inspired me in that aspect. That's something, just that phrase, the concept of of like not going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yours is specifically for me. I know I've, I've encouraged my wife to, uh, uh, for us to kind of partner in on a garden so that we can have that. And we want to do the whole uh, greenhouse so that we can try to have some things growing year round. Uh, and I know for sure we want to do some farm style eating. So we've got think my family members that are that we all live up here on this on this big property so I've got some family members who are going to do the pigs thing I got some family members that I can go have these on with a cow um, and we just got this meat market down the road which at least that I feel a little better about uh, going and, and buying some stuff at a meat market rather than at your like you know big chain stores and stuff like that um, but I do want to get to the point where I can hunt and be able to have a pretty big role that I played in you know, field to table process. I, 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 I can only imagine at this point in my life. Yeah, it's uh, you're you're in complete control over your food when you you have you know another human may have laid eyes on that deer at some point. It may have crossed the road in front of them, but n- no other human has put their hands on that animal. Mm. That's almost a for certain, unless you live in a you know a, a neighborhood near a large city where the deer are kind of tame and people are feeding them by hand and all that which I don't agree with right um, I don't think you should do that but I think you know they they deserve to be wild for a reason mm. you know that's that's what they're meant for but uh it's it's a good feeling when you're the one that's in control of the food that you bring home I like that you know you kill it you butcher it you process it and then you freeze it and you eat it and there's a lot that goes into it it's, okay. it's not for the faint of heart for people who, uh, who who want to pick up and hunt. And that's part of the reason why I guess I haven't dove into it because I know that once I do it, it's not just going out to the field and honing the skill to put a buck down with my rifle. I've now got to figure out how to clean it, figure out how to quarter it and all of that and then take it up and, and have it all processed and then I get to enjoy it. 
and then I get to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So it's it's another journey that I have yet to I have yet to feel that that I'm ready to step into because I want to provide it with the, at least somewhat of a similar attention that you provided to it because uh, I feel like I wouldn't do it justice if I didn't. Uh, but I'm sure there's plenty of people that are listening to the podcast and they can relate with what uh, Bear's style of hunting is. They can uh, they can relate to the concepts behind it. They agree. They don't agree. Doesn't matter. But the fact that uh, that this guy's got a level of uh, dedication and passion for hunting, I already know. I've already seen some of the success that you have done, or you're gonna have more. Something I always like to ask my guests uh, that come on the show is, what is something that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever it be, regular basis that you feel contributes to your growth as an individual? It's uh, self-motivation. You have to, when you wake up in the morning, you have to make the decision to win Mm. every time you wake up. You know, everybody has bad days. Um, you're gonna have bad days. You may you may have two or three in a week, but when you wake up, you have to make the decision to win, and you have to do the things necessary all day long to continue to make it possible by the time you go to bed. And I think that's what my biggest my biggest thing is that has helped me along the way since my weight loss, and that's really kind of what kicked it off. Is is the the willingness to to learn to win and to self-motivate, push yourself without anybody watching. You know, it's one thing if you've got a coach pushing you and pushing you and pushing you to do what's physically necessary to be in shape or this and that, but to do it on your own, that's the that's what makes you win right there, making the decision to do it on your own. Right, yeah, it's that self-accountability. So is it self-talk that you do every day? Do you just kind of self-talk? Is it some time of just sitting in silence and reflection? What Do you use any specific tools, whether that be podcasts, books? What yeah. are some things that help you fuel that motivation? I do listen to quite a few podcasts. That that helps. I don't really self-talk like at myself. Like a lot of people, you know, they do the whole talking at themselves. Right. I don't do that. I kind of, I more reflect. I reflect, I think about, I'll listen to a podcast and I'll think about what they're talking about and what I can do to apply if I think it's valuable, I'll see well, what, how can I apply this to my life? Mm. How can I move forward? You know? Yeah, I can relate to that. Because that's, that's part of the reason I created this whole podcast was so that I could pull from other people, be motivated by somebody's level of, of passion, creativity for what they do. And one thing that I've been thinking a lot about, and I know we've already probably gone well over our usual time. Let me see what we got here. I think we've gone... Uh, no, we still got a little bit here, but basically one of the things that I've talked that I've spent a lot of time thinking about here lately is the concept of creatively pursuing growth to a point where it's like this, it's this feeling of enjoyment, which is why it's, you can tell it's what I've been pinpointing on. Cause that's what I've been kind of pulling from our conversation. It's this concept of, and I think I meant to mention this earlier and I got, I got twisted up on some other topic, but it's the concept that. Like when I watch your content, I feel like you've created a lifestyle that a lot of people seek to have, which is, you know, you're, you're, you're out on the lake and you're doing the fishing, you're out in the field and you're doing the hunting. And it's just this, uh, the way that you present yourself, you, you have this relaxed feeling about the things that you do. And I think it's, 
it's because there's this creativity involved. You know, it's this sense of if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that that just it's just fun to to play with. There's intentionality behind it. Mm-hmm. But much like there's intentionality behind an abstract painting, you know, there's intentionality to make it abstract. Well, yours is kind of like the intentionality to, to continue to grow, but to embrace all of these imperfections, just as an abstract painter might do. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm about to get into some Renaissance reading here in a little bit, so that's why I'm making all of these connections. So, people who are listening, who are like hunters, are probably like, dude, what the heck is this guy saying? What is he even talking about? But that's that's some of what, what I've been taking from the story and what I've enjoyed in my perspective of it. Uh, do you have anything you want to close off, some closing statements or anything like that? I know while we wrap it up. Uh, yeah, uh, if, if anybody's out there that if you're just sitting around and you feel like uh, maybe you're not happy, you don't, you're not where you feel like you should be, you're, you may be overweight, you may be uh, seem like you're miserable in your own body, the best time to fix that is right now because you don't know how much more time you have to waste. So if anybody's listening, you can follow me on uh, my Instagram page, which is what I'm mostly active on. It's barefit, one word, B-A-I-R-F-I-T. And uh, I post things on there constantly. It's hunting, fishing. I mean, it's it's my own personal page, but... Anyways, if, if anybody wants to reach out to me and ask me how they can do the same thing or change their mindset, feel free. That's uh, that's one of the, I've had people reach out to me and uh, I give them advice and tell them you know what they need to do to lose weight and to feel better about themselves and I'll give them advice and they can take that wherever they want to. That's all, you know at that point it's on their shoulders. Yeah. You know they've they've reached out. I've told them what to do, and now they have to develop that self accountability. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and be sure to check out his YouTube channel, A Common Folk Outdoors, as well. Uh, that's something that he's uh, launched. How long ago did you launch it? Uh, the f- I believe February of 21. Yeah. And man, he's done really good. He's got some really solid videos on there. I'm actually getting some tips from him as I start to do some of my own personal videos for my personal account. Uh, so it's really great. He's, he's dove, dove into a lot of that. So, man, it's been awesome having you on the show, Bear. I'm super glad I was able to have you out here in person. We hang out in the office and record this episode man i appreciate you coming on i appreciate you having me blake thank you yeah all right guys thank you all for listening to another episode of peace with the process as always i want to thank my uh, all-time listeners people who have listened since day one i have the opportunity to thank one who's sitting right across from me and uh, those of you who are just tuning in thank you for checking it out thank you for listening to the full episode If you want to catch more episodes, you can obviously go back into the files of whatever platform you've decided to listen to today. Uh, If you would like to leave a rating and review, the platform that you're listening on may not offer it, but Apple uh, Podcasts does offer the option to leave a rating and review, and we very much appreciate seeing those ratings and reviews. Those of you who have taken time out of your day to leave those ratings and reviews, it is extremely appreciated, and it goes a long way to helping other listeners hear these conversations, have these takeaways, and improve their life by listening to the uh, successes and failures of others and how they've lived their lives. So I hope that you all continue to create your own peace with the process. I hope that this conversation and the ones that are to come and the ones that we've already have have done something to provide you with a tool and a resource to continue creating and living that peace of the process on a day-to-day basis. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. So one thing that I actually didn't realize 
about you is that you didn't grow up hunting. I didn't even catch that. I know you mentioned it earlier and we kind of brushed over it and then you're talking about hunting again and you mentioned again that you didn't grow up hunting. I never realized that. And I think I've actually used the fact that I never grew up hunting as an excuse when talking to you, which now I feel like isn't much of an excuse at all. So I've got to figure that out for my own self. But that definitely, because you mentioned it a couple of times, that definitely has some some foundational concepts in you know growth, how you choose to grow, choosing to take on this pretty big thing, which is you know hunting, getting out and doing it. And maybe you're learning something from a friend here, uh, you know, uh, an adult here, YouTube videos, I'm sure a lot of as well, like you mentioned. So now you're at the point where you hunt with almost strictly a bow. So that's a pretty substantial jump. How long ago was it that you started hunting? I started hunting in 2012 uh, for whitetail. I did a little bit of duck hunting previous to that, maybe 2010 or 11, but as far as whitetail hunting, uh, 2012 I shot my first deer, and it's been a it's been an up and down roller coaster ever since. <laughs> lots and lots of learning and lots of mistakes. There was never anybody beside me to teach me, so you know it was all it was all self taught basically. And now I'm getting to the point now where I'm really starting to hone in on. I know I'm starting to figure out I actually know what I'm doing now right you know I, I hunted a bunch of public land last year which is not the easiest thing to do you know you got other hunters and they don't do any kind of scent prevention at all they just wander around smelling like cigarettes and mm -hmm. so you know uh, that's what really helped me with the fitness thing too is I would walk two three miles off into the back of these places and way back there and for in hopes of you know, shooting a deer or whatever with my bow. And uh, I got really close several different times and it was all because of the skill that I had learned over the course of 10 years. And uh, and that's just 10 years. I mean, I'm nearly 30, so it's basically my adult life. I was not, I didn't grow up doing it. Yeah. And uh, to what I know now, I can contribute to all of my mistakes that I've made over the course of 10 years. <laughs> And I, and that that's all that's also a foundational piece. Understanding that the, all the all the different mistakes that you make make you into um, the. I mean, I would call you a professional. Anyone who goes from rifle hunting uh, to bow hunting specifically because of the skill required to do it is a few notches, probably several notches above rifle hunting. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that decision to go from rifle hunting to bow hunting. Yeah, it was a, it was actually pretty easy decision. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I killed anything with a rifle, but I can tell you this much: after last year, last year's bow season, I may never pick up another rifle again for deer, ever. Mm. Just because of the feeling that that I had while deer hunting last year with a bow, and and shooting a deer with a bow. It, uh, I may never pick up another rifle to shoot a deer. Wow. So, what what's the feel? What's the difference in? I guess explain that. Explain that a little bit to somebody who who hasn't started hunting or anything yet. What's what's the difference between shooting a deer with a rifle and shooting a deer with a bow? Well, you you uh, when you shoot your first deer with a rifle, 
there's a great, you get a great feeling, you know, you get to harvest this animal and you get to get its meat and then you enjoy the meat and you don't know the difference. But then you shoot one with a bow and you forget about how great the feeling with the rifle was. And then you realize it really wasn't that great compared to the bow. It's hard to, it's hard to wrap my head around it, but it's like the first deer I ever killed with a rifle was a 10 point. And last year I killed my first buck with a bow. Wasn't near as big as the first deer I ever killed, but I'd rather shoot that little buck again with that bow than I would my, that first deer with my rifle. That's awesome. So I assume it has a lot to do with the, the skill involved and the skill that you had to hone in order to get a good kill with a bow. Yeah, and the proximity in which you're hunting too, they have to get a lot closer and they're in, they're in your kitchen when you, when you, you know, they're right there. You can see their, te I mean, they're within 20 to 30 yards. I, I killed my deer last year at 30 yards and uh, I seen him. He was 150 yards away. If I'd have had a rifle, I could have killed him 150 yards away, but I would have never known that he was going to listen to my grunt call, walk 120 yards down a fence row jump the fence, come right to me, stand behind a tree, let me range find him. And I made the decision right then when he stood behind that tree, I range, I used my range finder and I was figuring out, you know, where I needed to aim. And I said, if he walks out, I'm gonna kill him. Mm. And he played the part perfectly and he walked out and I, and I shot him right there. And he, I mean, it was, that was the best feeling. Cause I, I mean, I could have shot him way out there if I'd have had a rifle, but he played the part. He 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 worked my plan just like I wanted him to. That's awesome. At a, from 150 yards away, I called him right to me. <laughs> I see. I I I can't even I can't even enjoy in the experience with you because I have yet to even work my way into that. Which you actually sold me my first rifle, so I'm excited to mm -hmm. finally pick that up. I need to I need to prioritize that now that. Uh, we've moved into the house. My wife and I have talked about it. Next year is the year for the garden and all of that, and that'll probably uh, be the year that I really start getting serious about doing some hunting as well. And I'm I'm grateful to have a mentor like yourself who will show me some of the ropes in that process. But one of the things that I've heard you talk about on several occasions is this concept of the respect for the animals. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure this is something that is common amongst a lot of hunters and I'm sure it's something that gets lost uh, in, in a lot of the, the hunting communities as well. Tell me a little bit about your philosophy behind the respect of the animals and, and you know the role that, that that plays. Yeah you know there's a lot of times I'll sit in the deer stand and I'm you know I get, you get kind of selective over as time goes by. You know when I first started hunting I was like mad at them. It seemed like they'd walk out and I'd just <laughs> shoot them you know. But now now they walk out and I may watch them for 20, 30 minutes, and I there's so many deer I let go by me. Mm. I don't shoot, you know. If that buck wouldn't have played that part, I would have never worried about him ever again. But he, I, you know, I did all that, put forth the effort, and I called him right to me, and he played the part, and I let him, you know, I, and I put him down. 